Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. I'm kind of a big deal. So let me hear the music, Colin. Take it away. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome into this Thursday, July 18th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Brought to you in part by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home. That's probably served our area since 1880. Spencer Putnick, Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Happy to have you with us. And uh, I guess we got to start out with this because this is breaking, breaking news. Hot off the presses. NFL and the NFLPA have reached an agreement on 11, an 11-game suspension for Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson per, per, per sources from Adam Schefter of NFL uh, or excuse me, of ESPN. The settlement also includes a fine of $5 million that will go to charity. The deal is not signed, but it is agreed upon, guys. We'll break this down deeper uh, later in the show, but initial reactions to going from, uh, what was it, six games now to 11. Yeah, so not even doubled. Pretty close. I thought it was going to be a uh, full season. I think the $5 million fine to charity is a uh, fair number, but it just is uh i'll let actually nick uh point out the uh thing that casually uh comes out to be after this suspension i i guess the main interesting thing is that that 11th game or after that 11th game they'll play the houston texans in houston so uh that might be a punishment in its own right uh you know going into houston but uh i i mean we all thought it should have been a full season um but it going from six games to 11 is an improvement uh you know there had to be some sort of negotiation like we said the nfl players association uh was supporting watson or not supporting him but you know they were supporting the original suspension handed out uh by the disciplinary officer so in that sense uh they had to come to some sort of agreement. We knew the NFL was seeking a longer suspension, perhaps a full season, and they kind of met in the middle there with 11 games. So uh, while it's still not necessarily the best, it is what it is, and it is an improvement over uh, what was originally handed out, I think is my initial reaction. And it does set up now a, an interesting time for him to return, but that's more of a football thing. Than yeah, the actual issue. Yeah, we'll break that down a little bit more in uh, segment three, but I uh, will start uh, talking about last night on TV ten WRNR TV on YouTube. We got to everybody got to see the fully pack all access featuring the Martinsburg Bulldogs, a team that were the radio and TV home of. And uh, you know the main point that you'll hear later in the interview by uh, or later in the show in segment two by uh, Coach Sherman is that it's all on paper. The team looks good. They got to go out and start winning games, even though they won last year, guys. Yeah, the team looks good from what we saw in practice. A lot of guys returning. So if you haven't seen the uh, EPAC All Access Martinsburg Bulldogs edition, make sure to do so. We'll be replaying it on TV 10, and it's always on our YouTube page, WRNR TV on YouTube. If you haven't seen it, do so. Yeah, and uh, yesterday we were out at Spring Mills Cardinals practice. 
at Spring Mills High School Cardinal Stadium and uh, got a good feel of what that team is. We know it's a young team, a building team. Uh, only five or six seniors coming back this six. year. Six seniors coming back this year. So a lot of young talent on that team. And, and when you get the ability to build year in, year out on young talent uh, with you know Max Anderson being the starting quarterback thrown into things against Martinsburg last year, um, you know him being a sophomore this year. I think you know that was a big game to get reps in, and I think he could be a pretty improved quarterback. Uh, but you know, I don't. I think that you know that's a Spring Mills is a young team. You know, Coach Josh Sims harped on that a lot during the interview. This is a young team we're building, but the more experience you get, the better these players are going to get. And uh, interesting situation down there. They they hire Buddy Hessen, uh, former I believe he played at Shepherd. Uh, D lineman was a D coordinator at uh, for Martinsburg or on the coaching staff at Martinsburg. Uh, he's the defensive coordinator now. Then they hire an offensive coordinator. That offensive coordinator played with Coach Sims at WVU. Can't remember his name off the top of my head. Apologize on that. Uh, but Coach Sims is kind of working this like an NFL team, like a pro team, where he's the head coach. He's overseeing the whole team, not one specific side of the ball. Yeah, and that's going to make our mic'd up segment with him. Uh unique compared yeah. to all the other ones it definitely is unique but uh nick your opinion on that uh, as a high school coach you know you've got an oc and a dc running those two sides of the ball i think it just depends on your coaching style uh certain coaches will want full control of the offense and the defense some might be more offensive minded so they'll hire somebody to run the defense and some guys may feel like the head coach role is more so to be kind of in charge of overseeing the entire team and therefore didn't want to focus on either side of the ball so maybe have somebody call your plays on both sides that you trust and, and you think uh, obviously has the ability to do that at a high level and I think it's a good way to run the team uh, but it really just depends on a coach's style and in terms of spring mills this year it's a team that you have to be definitely optimistic about because they have young talent they won four games last year with an even younger team but it is going to be a very tough year in the EPAC this year, so it's it's hard to place where they're going to be. My expectation is around the same record, maybe a little bit of an improvement, uh, but it's a very tough you know, conference. And we said yesterday, kind of off-air, that like somebody's not going to get to where we have them expectation-wise just because you're going to have to play tough teams. Yeah. So even if you're competitive, it, it doesn't necessarily – you know, it's impossible for every team in the EPAC to win six, seven, eight games. Like, not everybody's going to have a winning record. So, it's hard to place this team, but I think they'll uh, definitely be competitive and put up, you know, a good season, uh, even if their wins aren't necessarily where they want them to be. I completely agree. Yeah, I would agree as well. Uh, so, that that EPAC All Access will are tomorrow night as part of a doubleheader uh, between uh two epac all access the final two of the year we'll uh, be back out at jefferson cougars practice today and actually watch practice uh we didn't really get a chance to do that on monday got to interview uh head coach craig hunter and, and a couple players but uh due to the rain they practice inside and you know for us that's not really we want to watch them on the field so we're going back today uh to film the rest of epac all access jefferson cougars edition uh but you know let's kind of delve into that a little bit uh I think the biggest question mark is on this team coming back is obviously quarterback. When we talked to head coach Craig Hunter, you know, he said he has a guy. He started at five, 
competition-wise. Then it moved down to three. And, uh, you know, now there's a guy that he's eyeing on, but they've got a scrimmage this Saturday, and it'll all depend on how he performs in the scrimmage on Saturday. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, getting to finally see them practice so we can see who these guys are. We haven't been given any names, and since we haven't got to see them practice, we don't know who the uh, possible quarterback could be. So unless he, you know, tries to hide that from us by maybe starting with special teams or defense, which hopefully he doesn't, (laughs) we'll get to finally see who that quarterback uh, might be for Jefferson, and we can talk about it tomorrow. Yeah, definitely. But that will do it for this first segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online. I lost the read here. Buy the next vehicle online. They'll deliver it to you. If you don't like it, they'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll be on the road down to Coburn Field. We'll talk with head coach Britt Sherman that aired last night on EPAC All Access. After this two-minute break, you're tuned to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Going places that I've never been. Seeing things that you're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to EPAC All Access here from Coburn Field. We're now joined by Martinsburg Bulldog head coach Britt Sherman. Coach Sherman, last year obviously with ninth team state championship in the last uh, since 2010 uh you're back here yet again ready for another season mostly the same opponents uh what's your team mentality going into to this season well you know it's a a whole different team and um you know we're we celebrated last year and 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 that team was great and and did a good job and 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 finished strong and, and won it and this team is completely different this team is zero and zero they've not done anything yet so, you know, on paper, we've got a lot of guys coming back, but we also had some big losses, you know. A lot of people want to talk about Hudson, of course, because he was a great player and scored eight touchdowns in that final game. But we also lost the ninth touchdown in that game with Jacob Barrick. So we don't have any touchdowns coming back from that state championship game. And um, we've got three linemen that we need to replace. All our interior guys on the O-line are, are really big losses for us. And um, so – We've got we've got a, a lot of sho- big shoes to fill, and and these guys, you know, on paper right now are, are looking pretty good, but they've got to prove it and uh, take one game at a time and really work hard to have a lot of team chemistry and, and play really well, for, play really good football. Third year as head coach for you with this Martinsburg Bulldog team. What have you learned from the past two seasons? Well, I, I know there's a lot more headaches being a head coach. So I've been part of the program for a long time. But, uh, you know, everything ends with you. And, 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 you know, a lot of that stuff I used to gripe at Coach Walker about, and I understand it now. So, uh, but, no, it's it's – I tell everybody, you know, it's been about the same except I have more headaches and I get to make the schedule. So, you know, it's it's just taking over the family and, and stepping into that role. And, and you know, I've, I've enjoyed it, you know, been able to – be a head coach of a lot of really really great young men and you know that first year was was tough because those guys didn't do anything wrong and they had to stop playing football and uh that was tough and i think it it, it built character with them and I, I i hope so with me and and with these younger classmen as well and and you know it's just trying to make them the best men they can be as long as well as the best fit football player we talked about it seven on seven how this year is really your first like normal off season compared to the first two years when you had more restrictions due to COVID and stuff. Uh, 
how would you, I guess, evaluate this this first full off season and what you've seen so far, and what have you liked out of the guys uh, in the off season? Yeah, it's been strange because we've two years we've not had our normal off season, and some of these guys in high school have never had a normal off season. But what I see is is you know I see guys actually being able to develop in the off season, and uh, you know we've been able to put a, put together a full off season. We usually say we have four phases, which are you know phase one, two, and three in the uh, off season, and then in our summer phase. And then, of course, our in-season stuff. And, and we've got to do all that this year. So we've got to see kids develop. We've seen kids make really good numbers in the weight room. You know, even the guys that didn't pop up in numbers, they've got better flexibility-wise and, and hopefully um, helped with injury prevention and, and all those things that young athletes need to develop. So it's it's been great, you know, seeing them in there. And another thing is, too, and, and mentally with for teenagers and and a, a team is to get in there and grind together and spend time together and that we've been able to do that now since january you know 2020 was two weeks in july and 2021 we didn't come until end of february so you know i've seen seen them get get to be a closer bond together and uh with all the time that they've been able to spend together this year and you know you talk about how you as a as a head coach you got to make that schedule and uh this year a lot more home games just the way the scheduling worked out for you guys and interchanged spring valley for bishop ironton but mostly the same schedule just more home games how does that make you feel as a head coach saying oh we're gonna be able to bring this team and they're gonna be, gonna be able to stay at home more this year just the way the scheduling had to work out well i was the crazy person that scheduled all that stuff away that first year and i you know i heard a lot of people question that and you know why in the world are we going here and there and everywhere this year but the reason that i did it is because we could have this this home slate this year so all those teams are coming to coburn this year and um you know we have great support our community is amazing and so we get those those folks get to come out and see those teams and they're playing here on our turf this year and we don't have to go you know four five three hours away to go play these games they get to come here this year so i did that so the martinsburg community could see great teams coming into coburn and walker stadium and and be able to come support us like they always do and uh you know have big games here let's transition now into talking specifically about the team starting with the offense quarterback wise bringing back ezra and murphy how much have they grown working together this offseason while still having to split the role as a starting QB? Well, they're just they're great kids, and um, they, they, they root for each other. They're friends, and, uh, you know, they've worked really hard. Ezra's grown and developed um, every year. You know, he's grown a couple inches. He works really hard in the weight room. He works hard out of the weight room doing his own stuff and his own training. And um, he's been able to, because of Tyson, go all over the country this year and train with some of the best quarterback trainers in the nation so you know he probably knows more about the quarterback skills and and individual drills than probably i do at this point because he's just been around those guys so much and um you know he i told a lot of the guys when tyson went to portal and i got a bunch of phone calls i'm like you know tyson may or may not be interested in your school but i have another guy that's the same cat that's going to be the same thing that Tyson is, you know, at that level here in a couple of years. And, you know, a lot of them thought I was crazy then too, but it just, he, he that's the same way he is. He's meticulous. He, he works really hard and he does, you know, a lot of things really well to make himself the best football player and quarterback that he can be. 
And then, um, you know, Murphy had a rough offseason because of his injury. And uh, he, he didn't get to do a lot of the stuff that, uh, you know, would have helped him develop probably his lower body especially. And, you know, I had the same injury he had um, at, at a point in my career. And uh, it's not an easy thing to come back from. It's it's one of those things that I think he's he's healthy right now, but it's still a nagging type injury that, that will probably take him a long time. And, um, you know, he didn't get to do that as much, but he got to do a lot of upper body stuff. He got to be around um, throwing the ball. He throws the ball right now better than, of course, he ever has. But it actually was surprising when he came to a couple of the flex days in uh, June and watching the ball pop out of his hand. And, um, you know, yesterday he's throwing 50-yard passes, and it looks just, you know, seamless. It's it's just effortless with him. So his upper body strength's gotten a lot better, and um, he's not lost any of his speed. He was able to do the camp circuit this year, and, you know, going to, you know, we've, we've known he's an elite athlete for a long time, but going to the University of Michigan camp and running the fastest time of any quarterback or running back at the University of Michigan camp is is something that's that's pretty special. And, um, you know, he's gotten one offer from Old Dominion, and I expect more of them to come in uh, once he uh, starts having a great junior season and, and for some of the things he's going to do for us this year. You mentioned earlier uh, losing three offensive line starters. Um, now that you've kind of had the ability to – get in full pads and hit a little bit. What have you seen from some guys that could uh, step up into those offensive line starting positions? Yeah, so um, we have three returning starters. Fortunately, when Aiden was a little banged up at the end of the year, he just played defense, and Wes Hancock stepped in, and of course we have EJ. So those three um, are, are going to be integral parts of that line. But then we also had Rashad Reed um, come to us from Woodruff, South Carolina, and, and Rashad was the strongest kid on the team when he arrived. He's kind of a Christian Slack, um, strong, big kid. Uh, he's got a heavy, big motor, and um, he'll play both sides of the ball for us. And um, he's a great kid, and um, we're happy to have him. And then in that other spot, we've had uh, right now starting for us at the scrimmage tomorrow will be Ladanian Weller at our left guard spot. And Ladanian is a kid, I mean, sometimes he doesn't look like a whole lot, but he works works hard, and he's put in his time. And um, he's only a junior as well, so we have we have no seniors at all on our in the, on our offensive line. And when Eric King comes down as a hybrid D end, he's the only senior we have on either line. So, you know, that's it's a younger group, but um, you know, it's a lot of quality in that younger group. Um, and you know, we've got Peyton Kaufman, Xerxes Yancey, and Brady Breeden also trying to work and work their way in to spots there, um, kind of competing with Ladanian and and some of those other guys for spots on that offensive front. What does that defensive unit look like this year? So the same guys there. So Rashad's kind of a nose type guy, like a big, big kind of um, bulldog type kid, uh, big and strong. And then of course EJ and Aiden will be uh, will be DNs with um, with also Eric King and Xerxes Yancey there. And then Wes will probably be kind of our backup nose. And then the so. secondary and the linebackers. So linebackers, we return uh, at outside, Kai Fagan and Braden Herring. But also um, Cassius Gideon's a kid that's going to play a lot there. And then Don Brinkley is a kid that's worked extremely hard in the offseason. And um, he'll be kind of transitioning from a DB down to that outside linebacker spot too. And then in the secondary, what corners we'll, be having, we'll have buzzed over. We'll have um, Avion Blackwood, Sarad Musgrove, and um, – 
Jay Lardy has been playing some spots there. And then we have Braden Mott, who uh, didn't play uh, a whole lot. We didn't play at all his sophomore and junior years. We played for it as a freshman. He'll he'll be fighting for some time there. Um, and then safeties, Roman Pearson and Murphy Clement are back with uh, Zion Grantham, um, Malachi Williams, and Jameer Hunter in those spots as well. Now we want to make sure that we don't forget the uh, special teams because I've mentioned uh, a couple times on the sports mix that I think the biggest question this year is who's going to be the returner on punting and kickoffs due to Hudson being gone. So who will uh, that most likely be this year? Will we see a rotation of a few guys? Yeah, I mean, you know, we have a bunch of guys that uh, can do that. Sarad's looked really good returning returning kicks in the spring and um, in June. And then um, Avion Blackwood, um, Roman Pearson, uh, Murphy will, will take some of those every once in a while. And then um, so Jameer Hunter will, will help do some of that as well. So it'll be kind of by committee. And then um, – you know, I hope people kick them, kick it deep to them, but uh, and even punt it to them. So because I think they all have some experience, and I think we told Avion to get away from one up here last year, and he picked it up and returned for a touchdown. So he, he's pretty good <laughs> at uh, at that as well. And an, another guy that uh, I believe got a few offers this uh, off season, your linebacker Cam Shallis. Uh, what have you seen from him so far this year? Is he kind of takes a bigger role on in the middle of that defense so cam won our iron dog award which is our offseason uh player that's worked the hardest uh so he he put in a lot of time in the offseason and and you know he has in his whole career and he's just been a leader for us and coming back as a leading tackler i, I mean we expect the same from him um and something that's been really good this year is you know the defense has been new for for a little while it's not new anymore so, you know, I think it came to a peak there in the championship game with the five picks and, and pressure that we put on uh, Huntington's quarterback. But, you know, now we came in in June, the kids knew it. They bought into it. And so it's not been new anymore. But he's the quarterback of that unit. So he gets everybody in place. He gets everybody going where that they need to go. And, um, you know, he's going to he's gonna have some other guys in there with him, Jimmy Harden and uh, New Houston and um, – um, AJ Harrison playing in that, those spots with him too, and and uh, you know I think they're all really capable and and really good athletes that'll put a lot of pressure on on offenses. All right, Coach Sherman, thanks for the time. We'll be back for more next. All right, that was Head Coach Britt Sherman. You can watch the whole EPAC All Access on WRNR TV on YouTube, and it'll replay throughout the uh, next week or so on TV10. Uh, if you want to see interviews with Ezra Bajant, Murphy Clement, EJ Hendricks, and Cam Chalice, as well as a mic'd up segment with uh, Coach Sherman and uh, pretty, uh, pretty a lot of stuff in that mic'd up segment as we were able to uh, you know, give a little bit more time to it. Yeah, we're one week away from uh, the start of the football season, so if you're a Martinsburg fan, why not enjoy a one-hour season preview of the team? What's going your, after the 10th. Here, for people that can't watch it right now, obviously, because we're, we're, we're doing the show right now, Colin, new play-by-play broadcaster for the Martinsburg Bulldogs. That's true. Season outlook right here. This team's going to be a good team. It's a tough schedule yet again, but even though we heard it's a new team obviously you can't go based off of last year 
it's a lot of the same guys as last year. I think this offense is going to be a very explosive offense. The defense seems tougher than ever. I'm really looking forward to how Martinsburg is. I think it's another team that can get that 10th uh, state championship for Martinsburg this season. Nick, any thoughts? Well, uh, not too much. I mean, Martinsburg's going to definitely Martinsburg's be, Martinsburg. Yeah, they're going to be one of the best teams in the state. Uh, definitely have a chance at another state championship, like Colin said. And I think the the fun thing about this season is those big matchups that they had last year in non-conference will be at home. So uh should be a lot of fun and see if they can improve on what they were able to do against those teams last year. It should be a lot of fun. will be uh, – Colin and I going out to the scrimmage tomorrow night to kind of get on the same page for this broadcast, and uh, we'll bring a lot more things to you on the broadcast as we're kind of bringing a new production side of stuff to the to the TV broadcast as we're trying to get more and more in-depth on what we can do on the TV side. But that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Orsini's Home Store. Not just some appliance store any longer. Cabinets and designer bedding, outdoor living, and his family owned and operated right here in Martinsburg at 360 Hack Wilson Way. Go to Orsini's.com for more. We'll be back and uh, we'll break down more of this Deshaun Watson situation. Uh, Packers receivers meet with the quarterbacks after that Rodgers rant. Uh, college football playoff board, uh, they're discussing some big potential stuff We'll talk about that and more coming up next on this edition of of the Sports Mix. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Rated WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin hanging out with you. Uh, we'll get back into this Deshaun Watson news again. A, they've negotiated and uh, decided they've uh, suspended him now 11 games, up from six games, fined $5 million. That $5 million will go to charity, according to a source, as they uh, reached a settlement uh, between the NFL and the NFLPA, which is why there's kind of been a holdup. Like, uh, they announced that it was going to go to uh, a, I, I don't exactly know how it works now because they've changed all the, the way that it's going. But, uh, uh, okay, here it is. Settlement between the two sides heads off a ruling from former New Jersey attorney, General Peter C. Harvey, whom Commissioner Roger Goodall appointed to oversee the appeals process after Sue L. Robinson's decision. So, I think, was that like two weeks ago, I think? Three weeks ago, maybe? Give or take, yeah. And everybody's like, what's the weight? What's the holdup? Well, the holdup was the two sides were going to decide to come to something before the NFL, uh, before somebody else decided to try and hand something down. And that's the gist of this. But uh, Colin Watson has released a, sa- a statement. Uh, what's the statement? Yeah, Watson came out saying, I'm grateful that the disciplinary process has ended and extremely appreciative of the tremendous support I have received throughout my short time with the Browns organization. I apologize once again for any pain this situation has caused. I take accountability for the decisions I made. My focus going forward is on working to become the best version of myself on and off the field and supporting my teammates however possible while I'm away from the team. I'm excited about what the future holds for me in Cleveland. Yeah, that's just the statement. It's a blanket statement right there. But, uh, I mean, obviously we think, uh, like, personally, I think it should have been a year. Uh, But now his first game will be against the Texans, his former team. Uh, That will make things pretty interesting. And the Browns are in a tough situation. I think we've already discussed kind of like the The gist of it all. The gist in terms of 
how we feel about it personally, but I think from a sports perspective, uh, in a football perspective, you know, Cleveland is now going to have to rely on Jacoby Brissett uh, as their starting quarterback if they want to make the playoffs this year. There's a talented roster there uh, with the acquisition of Amari Cooper. You know, you got Nick Chubb. Uh, Cream Hunt's unhappy, but you still have him on the team. Um, so there's a good core of players. You would think with Deshaun Watson at quarterback, they would have some success. I know he didn't look good in the preseason game, but uh, we know the talent is there. Uh, but now he's going to be suspended these 11 games. So, um, you know, the Browns are already in a tough division. You, by the time he gets back, they might have already worked their way out of the playoffs. Uh, so from a football perspective, it definitely sets the Browns goals back at least one year. Uh, I would think. Do we see them trade for a quarterback? I mean, the conversation they has do have been the option. while we waited for this decision to be made. Jimmy if G. Jimmy G was going to get traded from San Francisco to Cleveland because I, I, I think I'm speaking for everybody in here. Kobe Brissett is not a good quarterback. And if they want to make the playoffs, he's not the guy to lead them there. No, I mean, he's a decent backup if you need him for a game or two uh but for the first you know 11 games of the season i don't think he puts you in too many great situations to win so garoppolo is definitely an option for them uh there hasn't really been a great market i think so this is a team that on paper could be in the playoff contention i think if you bring garoppolo in it's a good situation for him to have success you know a good running game always helps him out pretty good defense you know led by miles garrett so uh if they want to bring jimmy g in i think that could work out for their favor and he might even perform well enough that maybe you don't want to rush watson back out there uh because like we said before it's gonna rush be watson well over back out you're paying him literally his i know you're paying him a lot you still have no idea how good watson's going to That's be what I'm we saying. didn't see him all year well so that means year. he can't play we're not going to see him 11 straight games now i think he can still play in the preseason no. i'm not sure no no, no? but those no. obviously they were awaiting the 11 games they so. were awaiting for uh the, the since there's no ruling yeah. at the time he was kind so. of in limbo okay. yeah but um I'm just saying because, like, if Garoppolo is playing really well, let's say the Browns are 8-3 and three when Watson's off of his suspension, why would you take him out for a guy that hasn't played in over a year? So I think in that situation, especially going back to Houston, uh, where they already are probably frustrated with Watson for what he did in terms of wanting to leave there before all this came out, and then, you know, this all comes out. So wherever he plays is, is obviously going to be an intense atmosphere uh, you know, in terms of fans and stuff like that. So if Garoppolo is out there playing while Watson will still get, you know, some heckling and stuff like that, you know, he's not on the field. So this is all hypothetical, though. They have to go out and make a trade for Jimmy G. And like I said before, I don't really know what Garoppolo's value is on the market uh, and how much it would take to get him. I don't imagine it would be too much, though, because there hasn't been a team that really has gone – and said, yeah, let's go get Garoppolo. So, well, that, the interesting thing about Garoppolo, I've been seeing a lot in the last couple of days, Ian Rappaport, you know, making his rounds on shows, the Rich Eisen show, the Pat McAfee show. Uh, the one thing that it is, is his spot on that team isn't guaranteed for the 49ers. So if no trade gets done, 
there's a good chance he doesn't make that final 53 in San Francisco because they they can't hold a guy on their quarterback or on their excuse me on their roster worth that much money and it'll just become dead cap money. They obviously want to trade and, and at least lose some of that salary in a trade, but I mean there's a good chance he gets cut and then for him what does he do? Does he want to sign with maybe the Browns? Maybe he goes in the division of the Seahawks, you know, because, I mean, they're still really looking for a quarterback. You know, nobody's really won that job with um, with uh, Drew Lockout with Code and Geno Smith. And I think Jimmy G would be an upgrade over both of those guys. Yeah. I don't think just when it comes to no. It seems to be kind of there. I, don't I mean, know, I don't but, think Garoppolo makes them a contender. But if but you're still. Garoppolo now, do you want to do that or do you hold yourself and be like, well, the odds are you never want somebody to get injured, but I feel like every year there's some big quarterback or you know so, you know a big quarterback to go down within the first four or five weeks on a contending team. Maybe you wait and see. Do you want to sign with a contending team if you're Garoppolo? Well, I think of these teams, especially Cleveland, you know, probably know exactly what Rappaport is reporting, and that may be why nobody's really reached out for a trade. So unless you want to guarantee Jimmy G being on your squad. You're probably not going to propose a trade here in the next few weeks if the anticipation is is that he's going to get released because you could always pick him up in free agency. Uh, but the one way to guarantee it would be to offer at least some value in return. And like I said, you know, since there doesn't seem to be an emerging offer, it probably wouldn't take all that much because at least you get something from yeah. the guy instead of nothing. It is surprising, though, that if – the 49ers are smart and they obviously don't want Jimmy G. Why are they not trying to pursue the trade with the Browns? Maybe they, they might are. Be, but maybe, maybe they are now. Who knows? Maybe, I mean, the Browns literally, are on this budget, just we could, yeah. This just came out at the uh, top of the hour, so who knows? Uh, but let's transition to another quarterback. We talked yesterday about Aaron kind of ranting to the media about his wide receivers in practice. Uh, these young wide receivers meet with all the quarterbacks after Aaron Rodgers' uh, rant. So obviously they're trying to get on the same page, which is a good thing to do because, you know, as a quarterback, you know, Aaron Rodgers are very outspoken. When he speaks, everybody listens. So this this is becoming a big story that I think in a lot of times, if it was somewhere else, might necessarily not be that big of a story. But because it's Aaron Rodgers, when he speaks, everybody listens. It makes headlines everywhere. Now it's making headlines uh, that they're meeting and trying to get on the same page, which I think is the right way to go here. Well, I think it's interesting that, you know, the Packers have been criticized so much for not giving Rodgers enough weapons, and then his top weapon leaves in Devontae Adams to go to the Raiders. So Valdez uh, Scanlon with the Chiefs. And the guys that were just kind of supporting roles are now gone as well. So really, there's not a lot of experience and not a whole lot of talent necessarily left uh, when Alan Lazard is your number one wide receiver. Randall Cobb there as well. Randall Cobb has not been good in, like, 10 years probably less than that probably like six but uh you know he's kind of ever since he left the Packers yeah he's an older guy I I don't think he's going to do too much uh so Green Bay the reports are that A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones are going to take a bigger role in the receiving game or in the passing game uh which are their two running backs so you could see a lot of them on the field and I mean Jones is a pretty good pass catcher um, and Dylan's more of a power back, so that could be an interesting dynamic. Uh, but it's definitely set up for, you know, Rodgers still has the talent to make receivers look better, but if they're not, you know, getting open or not understanding concepts or not catching the football, uh, there's only so much the quarterback can do. So 
it's definitely a, a situation where I think you're a little bit worried about how successful the Packers will be this season uh, because Devontae Adams was such a huge part of that offense. Do you almost feel bad for Aaron Rodgers? Because this frustration has continuously been there for years. Well, it almost boiled over to a point to where he wanted to leave, but he didn't. So that, I feel like, is why I'm leaning more towards not feeling sorry yeah. for him. I don't feel bad for him. Because yeah, this has NFL. been a continuous theme of these wide receivers are not good enough for me. <laughs> I like your point there, Nick. I mean, they're all millionaires, so I don't really feel bad for anybody in the NFL. But in terms of uh, you know his situation, in terms of making that team better around him you could maybe make the argument for it but he had the option to leave and then he ended up staying and got the highest paid contract in nfl history for a quarterback at the time so i don't think there's uh too much to feel bad about he's a super bowl winning quarterback he's a four-time or yeah i think four-time mvp at this point so he's uh, a four or three four or three he's back to back i know that so i think it might be three might be three Brady's a four. I know that. Yeah, I think it's three time. But yeah, I mean that's just an interesting. He's already story. a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, maybe eh, it's a minimum. I think if he got another Super Bowl, it's a minimum top there. In terms of quarterbacks, yeah. I mean, not on the, like in the top echelon. Like I think, I, I think he's, he's already top five. Uh, maybe I don't know. I think from a pure talent perspective, yeah. And I'd have, to, I'd have to agree MVP. there. All right, let's transition now to the NBA. LeBron James gets an extension with the Lakers' two-year, $97 million deal. Extension includes a third-year player option. Uh, I didn't know this was on the horizon, but I'm not a big NBA guy. so. Well, this is interesting because the whole report has always been that LeBron was going to become a free agent uh, and then go to whatever team his son, his son goes yeah. to and Bronny James. But I believe now a two-year extension would mean that Bronny would already be in the league because I think he's in his senior year of high school, so then he'll have next year. Or maybe I guess he would be a free agent then. So it still opens up that possibility uh, potentially. unless Well, he's still got the rest of this year on his contract. So, yeah, that, that would mess things up in terms of – It would because yeah. that final year of his contract would be – No, no. So it's, so league. he redid his contract. Oh. So – if you read this, it says that includes a player option for the 2024-2025 season. Okay. So 2022-2023, 2023-2024 is two years. Gotcha. So if Bronny's going to go to college for one year. Or the G League, whichever or the G, Yeah. So that does make sense to a All point. Right, it's not, it's, see, it's not, a new, it's not a new deal. It's, an, it's probably reworking money on his current deal for this one year, right? Because he's still under contract this year, right? Yeah. So uh, it's just a rework of that one for of the last year and adding a year to the deal plus the player option. Gotcha. So he would have been entering his final year of the contract with forty five, forty four point five million, uh, but he negotiated that new deal. But he isn't eligible for a no trade clause though because he agreed on an extension, not a new deal. Uh, forty six point four seven million dollars a year. That's a fifteen. The fifteen percent trade kicker in LeBron's stature is one of the history's greatest players. We'll make him a Laker for as long as you know he wants to be, right? But uh, that's kind of an interesting. Uh, did you see the Lakers are uh, retiring Pal Gasol's jersey. I did. I did. Interesting. I think that's a little bit. Yeah, I, I wouldn't retire his jersey personally. I mean, he was a good player for them. I think he's a Hall of Fame player, but I don't know. 
I feel like they retire like everybody's jersey on the Lakers, so pretty soon they're not going to have any more to retire. (laughs) Yeah, they won't have any more to wear. (laughs) Yeah. All right, well, that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix. Brought to you in part by Parsons Ford, Kent Parsons Ford, and Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll talk college football playoff, uh, the future, and then we'll talk Nats and O's. That's next after this two-minute break when we return on the Sports Mix. High school football season in the Mountain State kicks off Thursday, August 25th when the Hedgesville Eagles host the Washington Patriots. Childers takes the snap, lowers the shoulder, pounds his way in for six. Touchdown Patriots, 17-0 here, 11.53 to go in this fourth quarter. Kickoff between Washington and Hedgesville is scheduled for 7 p.m. with the pregame show at 6 p.m. right here on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. As we wrap things up, segment sponsored in part by the Mary Scoop and Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. You can call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304-263-4343 or stop by their offices right here in Martinsburg at 1270 Winchester Avenue. Excuse me. Spencer, Nick, and Colin hanging out with you today as we've got about uh, six or so minutes left in today's program. Uh, We're all wondering now, Wonderwall, you see there what the college football playoff committee is going to do because they're discussing the possibility of potentially restructuring how college football is governed. The 11 college presidents and chancellors who make up the college football playoff board of managers met via Zoom on Monday and began discussion about how they could reshape the future of college sports, sources have told ESPN. Multiple sources told ESPN that the board of managers briefly discussed the possibility of restructuring how college football is governed with the idea presented of major college football potentially being governed outside of the NCAA. The most logical place for the sport to run outside of the NCAA would be under the uh, just under the presence of the college football playoff, which was discussed on the call. The CFP currently oversees the sports postseason uh, playoff and has contractual ties over marquee potential or postseason bowl games as well. Uh, but this could be a big turn in college athletics if you make if you make football its own entity and, and a big money, more money maker than it already is. So essentially is they would take power five schools into their own like league is that what they're saying for football yeah i think that makes a lot of sense because i think this whole realignment is just too much yeah kind of like messing everything up everything else up for the other sports you know you think of like basketball and baseball and everything else and how those are really pretty balanced i mean i think anybody can compete in basketball for the national championship i know typically the blue bloods win but you can see a team like george mason make a run to the final four or you know whoever has that opportunity but really in college football if you're not one of the top schools in the nation if you're not in a power five conference even uh you're not going to compete for the national championship it's just how it is and you know you can make the argument okay expand the playoffs but 
we've already seen, you know, whoever the 15th best team in the country is probably already lose to one of those top four teams during yeah. the season. So why play them again? And it just it do, it does make sense, I think, to maybe take the Power Five schools, put them in kind of a different thing, make different conferences for college football, and then have that four playoffs. Or if you want to expand to maybe eight. Uh, that could work which will be interesting too because then if they're in their own governing body which that'll hurt everybody honestly uh it'll hurt the lower college programs because you know a lot of teams play other power five teams for money right like marsh like for instance marshall's playing navy this year they're going to navy that's a big buy game for the herd they're going to get a lot of money yeah i'm saying it'll they'll get a lot of money going up to south bend and those games will not be possible, depending on how things work out. But if they're a whole different governing body, they're not under the NCAA. Like, if you leave part of college football, unless they're pulling all of Division One F- FBS, I don't know how that's going to work. Right. That'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out, but uh, that's just and a another domino that fell today that's really going to drive that movement is this Big Ten TV deal. Yeah. Because... What is driving this is money. So that falling now, Big Ten getting, what is it, Fox, CBS, NBC, and Peacock? Yeah. So that is huge money-wise. $7 billion. I think that's going to possibly lead to a huge domino falling being Notre Dame being like, oh, well, we're NBC slash Peacock. Big Ten is? Makes sense to finally join the Big Ten, possibly. That could be a possibility. And if that falls, I think... The hypothetical that we just brought up with these Power 5 teams just forming their own thing happens. I could see it, yeah. And like Spencer said, it would be negative, though, for those group of fives. For the Unless money. the group of fives are also in yeah. there at a lower tier. Like, we, I don't, don't know. we don't know how that'll work. It's I mean, all you know, five, ten years down the yeah. line. But uh, college football really has just became just all about money at this point. You might as well make it a professional sport. You might as well honestly make it a professional sport. Uh, but uh, I'll start to wrap things up on this edition of the Sports Mix. Nats fall yesterday 3-2 in the rubber match against the Cubs. They're on the road tonight on the West Coast playing the Padres. It's a 9:40 start, 9:10 pregame show from the Nats radio network uh, with Anibal Sanchez on the bump against you, Darvish. I believe the Nats got a win against you, Darvish, uh, when he was in town last weekend. But that'll And uh, the Orioles fall. They're, what, one and a half games out of the wild card now. Yeah, that's all right. They still won the series, play a random game against the Cubs tonight, and then have to take on a uh, pretty tough Boston team who's so far doing pretty well. Yankees get back in the win column, walk off on a grand slam on uh, Donaldson's grand slam, but that'll do for this edition of the Sports Mix. 8 p.m. tonight on TV 10, WRNR TV on YouTube. The EPAC All Access Hedgesville Edition premieres. Tune into that. And uh, so for Colin, Nick, I'm Spencer saying so long, and we'll talk to you tomorrow at 12.08. 